Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and podcast across time. I am Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, July 8th, 2023. I want to give a very, from my heart, thank you to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting this program ahead of time in the very first slot under the live and upcoming shows area that um, is something I am very grateful for. And for those of you who are joining this program live for the very first time, or if you may have discovered the podcast on Blog Talk Radio or many syndicates, let me just tell you very briefly that my path is combining spirituality, and logic. I do have a scientific background. I have degrees in mathematics and computer science, and my computer science degree, um, the more advanced one, is a master's degree from the birthplace of computer science, in fact. In fact, just this past week, and I have to tell you, here's a bit of encouragement to those of you thinking about what is your path What are you led to do? I have had a lot of synchronicities come up this week, supportive of my path, and very much talking about some of these very, um, these topics that are pivotal in our time and have a little bit more depth and yet are very approachable. And one of those affirmations in the past week is I happened to be searching for my name because I was looking to see if certain things would come up, and lo and behold, there on the MIT website, I did not go to MIT, I went to the University of Illinois, was an article that I had a part in um, related to my thesis work in graduate school. And what that was saying is, for me and for anyone else out there who has both a scientific and a spiritual background, Do not give up in our efforts to get the word out to reflect on the mystical things like I am going to reflect on today and yet in a very solid way. Some of the material, although I am talking very spontaneously, I have no notes, I go from my heart, um, and actually I did it then too. Some of this material I presented some years ago at a, a lecture in Los Angeles at the Conscious Life Expo, and um, I was really quite um, amazed at the time that the room was full. It was a free lecture room. Those tend to be a little bit smaller at the expos, but still, 
it was yet another affirmation of this topic. And how I presented it there was multidimensional living 101. And I almost use that term today, but there are so many aspects to multidimensional living. This particular topic deserves some very special attention. Non-linear time. I'm going to give you a couple of examples from my own life. One happened just yesterday. I had mentioned to someone about how important it was um, during these times, and we're all experiencing these times in a variety of ways. I've done many broadcasts on this um, within the spiritual community. I know that many people are seeing, um, you know, some changes in response because people, because of inflation and other expenses and the way things are unfolding at the moment, they are not putting necessarily as much money into classes or sessions or things that in the past may have been very approachable. And so many people, and in fact, I just got an email this past week, who I won't mention the name, very prominent, um, well-known researcher, speaker, who's been around a long time, has been on um, prominent radio several times, like Coast to Coast AM. Um, This person sent an email out to his group saying it was unprecedented what he was seeing in terms of subscribers to his offerings and different things that had dropped just Um, very rapidly. And if you are experiencing that, um, in fact, I just mentioned to another friend in the spiritual community this morning how it's really easy to to use like the word hardship. In fact, I use that with respect not to myself, but to a different situation. And yes, it can be, we can definitely be going through times which ask a lot of us that um, call us to grow. But um, a better word, and that'll come up here in more than one way, is transition. We are in a time of transition. We are in a time of truly listening to our hearts as to what we are called to do. And part of what I'm called to do though I will always have inspirational episodes here on this show. This one's going to be inspirational too. But part of what I'm called to to do is to not hesitate to take it a little bit deeper into some of these logical topics. And now I'm looking for what I was going to present. I may just have to say it generally because I can't seem to find um, this this example that I had exactly, but I'll just tell you what happened. I was talking to um, a friend about breathing and um, how important that is and how much I'm appreciating um, some breathing space. And very soon after, in my Facebook memories, here appears a post where I'm literally writing a public post about where I was walking. It might have been to friends and Facebook. I'm not sure, but it was out there. 
many years ago on this date, I was walking in a beautiful place, and I talk about breathing, and I spell out the word breathe. Not only do I do that, I specifically address anyone listening across time to this post. It's directed in that way. And I will tell you, here is it. The very first clue, this one isn't as amazing as some of the things I will present, though that is quite a remarkable synchronicity that occurred for that post to show up. Um, ever since I was a child, I have been, oh, I just found it. Okay, great. I'm going to read this to you. I have been, um, every once in a while when I was young, I would get very quiet and I would just Think about my future self. This is such an easy exercise. In fact, it doesn't even involve anything even remotely magical. Knowing that in the future, I would be thinking of this young girl, this person I was in that moment across time. We can do this anytime. You can send positive energy and support to yourself or to anyone else across time. You can just say hello to your younger self. Now, see, I'm fortunate in the sense that I knew that at various points my younger self was doing this. So I know that she was thinking about me in the future, wondering who I would be. It didn't matter. She was thinking about me and sending a simple hello. She didn't ask a lot of questions. It was a greeting. It was an awareness of presence. It didn't even need words. And there was nothing said out loud. It was a feeling. You can reach out to yourself or to anyone else in the future, in the present, and in the past. Of course you can. Sometimes you'll see remarkable synchronicities because on July 7th, 2015, and yes, this wasn't a friend's post. Um, some of you um, may not see it um, in the past, and those are hard to find anyway, but I'll, I'll read it to you. It's quite a beautiful post. Um, in fact, it even includes 1111. I know that's very meaningful to many, and um, this show, by the way, is show number 33 of the current season, so there's a synchronicity there in terms of numbers. In the forest just now, a bit late, choosing to stay in the shade, I have much to do. Still, I am here where I choose to be in this moment and also with you. Close your eyes wherever you are, whenever you are, across space across time, breathe, spelled out, B-R-E-A-T-H-E, feel the gentle breeze on your skin, hear the songs being sung in the branches above, ferns at your feet, expanding outwards in grace. An eagle was singing just moments ago. This is my beautiful Oregon. 
It feels entirely like heaven to me. Right now, in this moment, this now, across time. It is 11, it is 11, 11, and then in quotes, randomly, now. I know I chose to put randomly in quotes because when a synchronicity like that occurs, a meaningful coincidence, it is not random. And the very existence of this message was not random. And what's interesting is my Facebook memories from yesterday also contained other posts that I had shared across time affirming um, this notion of breathing and where I was. And it was a reassurance, very literally. I was talking a few minutes ago about sending an energetic sense of reassurance. But here I have a direct message across time and I'm sharing it with you what is the amazing aspect of what I'm going to share with you today it is to me astonishing that more people do not speak of this because it is very logical but I have to tell you I was clued into it by a dream, a dream I had to think about for quite a while until I truly realized what it meant. And I'm going to share that with you. This is the part of the program that is going to be very meaningful for any of you that have has lost a loved one or a pet. And it's particularly touching in terms of losing a beloved pet. And indeed, the dream that I had that night was the night that a beloved dog died. This was many years ago. Um, my dog had had cancer, and eventually the time came where I needed to let her go. And so I took her in and knew it was time. And I'm also going to tell you how this relates to how I dealt with the, a similar, although somewhat different scenario related to a future dog that I got after this one. Well, during this time period, I had started to explore spirituality more. A lot of things had happened. I had become... Um, um, more um, trying to think of the time exactly when this would have been I I was in the process of becoming much more spiritually aware um, and the timing is not as important for me as what the dream had to convey and the reason I say I was becoming more spiritual at the time is that I knew I had heard of people dreaming of their pets after they died and I really wanted to dream of my dog and I woke up in the night and I remember thinking oh you know I haven't had a dream and it was like three o'clock in the morning or something and I really didn't know if I would have a dream um, I never had 
had a dream of a pet like this. Um, I really didn't know what would happen. And so I was hopeful for a dream. One could say I even asked for a dream. In fact, I do believe I did. And I went back to sleep, and a dream came. This is a dream I actually shared very publicly on the night that Oprah dogs died, or or soon after Oprah's dog died, because um, back then, um, this was actually before this happened. Um, I can't remember how much before, but back then I was writing on the Oprah forum quite a bit as um, Bridge Builder. And some of you I know still follow my work from that time, We were all under pseudonyms there and told to be. We were not allowed to use our real names, and I really wasn't ready to do that anyway. And so I was bridge builder. And this notion of being a bridge builder has stayed with me. And in fact, that's what my Twitter handle is. Um, It's similar to the Oprah name because it came out of that time. So that night, I have a dream where I'm laying in bed, just sleeping like I was. And um, I won't give every bit of it. I'll give you the key points. Um, My dog, who had transitioned, showed up in the dream and jumped on the bed. Um, And in that time frame, um, she was not at a, certainly in the years when she was ailing, or it wasn't years, but the time when she was ailing, that wouldn't have happened. But in general, um, we did not have the dog on the bed. So this was unusual. And um, so, and, and only I was awake in the dream, although the dog was there. And um, I was able to hold my dog and pet my dog as if, It was a real dream, and I do have a lot of dreams that feel very real, Um, and I've spoken before of even lucid dreams. This dream was not lucid in the sense that I was fully conscious and could act just as if I was awake in the dream. Um, But the dog was with me. It may have been semi-lucid. That exists as well. And I was able to pet her and hug her, and um, as a part of this dream, she showed me her face, um, which had become um, somewhat um, around her nose because of the cancer. It had The shape had become off, and um, it was perfectly restored. She was restored, and she had her energy back. In the dream, um, a light appeared behind the drapes of the window or the shade. Um, I can't quite remember now if it was a shade or drapes. I think it was even both. And it wasn't exactly in the home that I was in then. It was as if combining homes and also just a dreamlike home. And this light emerged. And someone called my dog a voice, which I later realized was a very familiar voice. I tell you, This is going to be amazing. Once you hear this, you can never unhear what I'm about to share with you, how dramatically transformational this is. 
So in the dream, she ran to the light and to the voice. And then she ran back to me, and the voice laughed. And right after this dream, I thought, you know, it was an angel. In fact, there was even, I talked about this dream to some friends, and there was even speculation, oh, it could have been the the teen down the street. There was a teen down the street who had had an aneurysm suddenly and had died. Maybe that teen was in your dream. But I really hadn't known this teen very well. My child was very young at that age and really didn't interact um, with the people down the street so much. And so, I mean, it was possible. I was open to any possibility as to who this voice could be. And in the dream, so this voice laughed and seemed quite young and joyful and familiar in a way. And then there were some other aspects of the dream. I was shown a puppy. I was like looking at dogs from the past um, and the relationship. And in fact, um, dog, what's really interesting is when another dog did show up that my son picked out that um, we weren't expecting to get the next dog. Um, we He had to do a report on a pet soon after this dog died. And so we felt like he needed a pet. So we went to the pet store to get a fish. And what happened? He ran into the back of the store. To make a long story short, we came home with a dog that he picked. And that dog looked remarkably like this dog. And in fact, um, there's another aspect of that I'll share in a little while, perhaps, but also related to nonlinear time. You'll see how it's related in just a moment. So then at the end of the dream, the dog ran back to the light and I woke up and I thought, what an amazing dream. I was so thankful for this dream because I had been with my dog and you know, I really wasn't thinking about the voice as much until a bit later. In fact, it may have even been, I believe it was, some years later that I was thinking about this voice in a different way because I came up with a theory. And it's a logical way of thinking about things. I'm sure many of you have heard there is no real linear time. I know, and in fact, physics shows us that linear time does not truly exist in the way that we think it does. And Einstein studied this, and, and um, there's, I'm sure um, many of you have heard all kinds of ways of thinking about time. I won't go into that too deeply right now, um, except, you know, there's an example. If you were to travel um, very far away at the speed of light, um, you wouldn't age, whereas everyone on Earth would age. Anyone who saw the movie Interstellar, which is quite an interesting film, with beautiful music, by the way, haunting music, um, has seen that um, example play out in that film. So, on the spiritual level, though, we talk about the mysteries. We may talk about things mystically. We think about how 
we may not understand how it all works. Um, And here is something I realized about my dream. That voice. It was my voice. Only I was younger. This then led to a theory that is really very logical. It may be that linear time is binding us here on Earth in a way. We certainly do experience our days one after another. Oh, sure, we can talk about timelines. We can talk about lots of things, although even timelines seem to presume linearity. It's not always easy for us to envision what multidimensionality would look like. And what would it look like to the divine? What is omnipresent being present across time and across space? Why do we believe other side or the transition to the other side would be dominated by linearity. When I realized that sounded like my voice, it changed forever how I will feel about future pets transitioning And in fact, anyone transitioning or how we transition and that the rainbow bridge may be much more present. Those of you who have heard about the rainbow bridge, and in fact, I read that poem for like almost the very first time, I think. In fact, I believe it was the first time the night that pet died. I was thinking about where she was. The Rainbow Bridge, energetically, is much more powerful than we have ever realized. One of the most difficult things about letting any pet or an innocent in particular, those of you who have dealt with the difficulty of perhaps losing A young child, my heart goes out to you. And we think about how, oh, you know, they're going into the hands of the divine and that other beloved loved ones will be there for them, those who have passed. And yes, I will address the why don't we see this part of this? Why haven't we heard this part of this? I have a theory about that, too. Who would you like to meet your pet or your child or your beloved on the other side? Who would you most and who would they most focus on your pet? If you're like me, you have this feeling of abandonment. They're leaving you. You've been by their side. And although we can think about the divine, there's, we can't explain it to such an innocent. 
we can't explain what's going to happen. And is there a moment of utter confusion of where am I? What's happening? I would like to believe that doesn't happen because we have the divine comforting. But there's even more to this story, to nonlinearity. It does not rule spiritual space. Who would you most love to be with? Your beloved, whoever that beloved is? You. You. Of course. Your whole family. There is no linear time in the spiritual space. This is as logical as can be. So why do we believe the only souls that can greet or accompany our beloved have to have died prior to that date of transition? I told you, this is amazing. I do, I have never heard this theory from anyone else. I did tell, I've said it on my show before, not for a while. This one, I'm really focusing on it. Yes, I did talk about it that night at the Conscious Life Expo to an audience that was listening um, in rapt attention. That was an amazing night. I don't do speaking like that quite like that anymore. I've been thinking of what is it that I'm flowing towards in the future. Certainly um, online, I see many possibilities here. There are no restrictions on time across the veil. And especially when we don't have any expectation of what we might see. Because an accompanying theory to this is this idea is so beyond the box, yet logical. Don't expect, even those who don't even really believe in the afterlife, if it suddenly showed up, because there have been those who've had an NDE who were not spiritual and then became spiritual, you wouldn't expect to see someone who hadn't died yet in your perception of time. There is nothing to stop you across time after you transition. And words like after and things mean very little. This doesn't mean you suddenly transition. You could transition many years in the future of your pet and probably will and hope so. We want to be on this planet as long as we can, although no one's here any longer on a soul level then we are supposed to be. There is purpose to everything. It doesn't matter. Your transition in the future could be at 100 years old. And yet, once you take a step on the real rainbow bridge, 
which is the bridge out of linear time as it exists as a construct in our journeys here on Earth, everything changes. You could be any age. I heard myself as a younger voice. That makes sense. Even though this particular dog wouldn't have known me very young, but I was playing with her. It seemed like this this voice was playing with the dog, and that voice sure sounded like me. We can be together. This is an amazing message of encouragement. We can cross together. Are there rules? There may be. There may be some rules. But there are rules here as to how it works here. The transition point in particular, if you just suddenly transition to a space where everything was so different, it would just be so overwhelming as a, um, you know, it wouldn't be a bridge. You'd be right on the other side. There is a transition. There is a bridge. And it may take a while to see this unless you expect it. I highly encourage you to look for it. Um, When your time comes, some of you may be older, some of you um, may find yourself in some situation and you're crossing over. I would encourage you to be conscious of this idea. If you can, hold the thought because anyone can be there. Your beloved child, all grown up or at whatever age you want. Your grandchildren, your grandchildren's grandchildren. Everyone, every being who will ever live or who has lived. They can all be there. There is nothing to stop them from being on the other side because it is such a dramatic, multidimensional place, present. But where I love this the most is because it's so hard in my own personal experience to let go of an innocent like a pet who doesn't know what's happening and wants to be with you. Who would they most want to be with in the world? Continually. You. Or maybe another pet in the house. There is no time. You will greet your own pet. You can cross over with your pet. It may be a little confusing. No, you're not transitioning. This is in the future. Here, there, there are no rules. Well, there may be some. There is nothing dictating spiritually beyond some arbitrary rule. One such rule may say, You know, we're not going to overwhelm anyone coming across. We don't know for sure, by the way. NDEs, near-death experiences, are incredibly powerful. 
and they show us amazing things. But what we can't know is what happens when you stay because it is a near-death experience. You don't actually stay on the other side. The longer you stay there, and in that point, you may be experiencing things very linearly. This gets very mystical in a way because if you lost every frame of reference because that's what it would feel like to lose the linearity of yourself, you would lose you in a sense. So there must be some kind of a container within this place. But there is certainly nothing to prevent something that would be so loving, so incredibly compassionate, so beautiful. And that is for you to never, from the pet's vantage point, the pet who loved you, would never be separated from you, not even for an instant. Oh, they might be amazed. On the other side, suddenly they feel better, and look at you, you're running around, Mom. You know, if your pet calls you Mom, wow, what's going on here? We're playing, you're jumping, you're running, just like I saw or heard in my dream. What an amazing heaven that would be. Do you know that I wrote a poem about this when I was young, in a way, and didn't even quite realize it? When a dog died when I was in high school, I wrote a poem um, about her transition, and I talked about not quite this concept, but it was almost anticipating this idea that I wanted to believe in this poem that, and in those days I really wasn't exposed to this concept, that my dog who had died would be in heaven. And I was thinking about heaven um, in, you know, perhaps more traditional ways. And as I said it, I said, as my wishes are fulfilled on the threshold of paradise, that she would come to me. You again will romp across fields of eternity. Oh, wow. I anticipated it more than I realized. I'm remembering this poem. I don't have it in front of me. And in fact, I can't even read it because it's in a format I can't read. Um, And unfortunately, the typed versions of some of these poems that I had kept with me got lost in a move some years ago. Um, But I can get it at some point. But yeah, what was I talking about? The fields of eternity. It's not about linearity. There is something, what we tend to think about eternity in a linear way, it's more holistic than that. And there are so many things contained within it. But from a spiritual point of view, once you realize that the other side is unbounded, except by maybe some arbitrary rules, like when you first transition, you don't see this as much, but then you will. I mean, it might come as a bit of a shock to you if you crossed over and there was, you know, your child, even though they're still on the earth, um, but, or maybe all grown up. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that be something? Or an old man. I mean, there are 
so many different ways. And yes, I'm sure there are even more mind-blowing things that you could see on the other side that we couldn't even conceive of within our conceptual framework on the earth. This has to do with conceptual frameworks that lend consistency to our experience. I believe that Many NDE stories, which I believe are fully justified. In fact, I had a friend who spontaneously told me about hers, not even knowing I was spiritual. I've talked about that on another broadcast, too. I mean, I know people who have had NDEs, and there are well-documented NDEs where people were physically dead. And sure, the materialists always try to explain these things away, We're talking in the spiritual realm now. It doesn't take away those experiences at all. It just means that if it has to do with expectation, I have to include those experiences in my theory because I need to explain why we're not seeing it when we have an NDE. Why don't we see people who have already transitioned, I believe it's because you're just not there long enough or it's based on your expectation as you're crossing. And I would like to encourage, because I know someday, whenever that day is, hopefully far in the future, I cross, I am going to be wide open to expectations as to who could be with me We may want to cross by ourselves as souls, but a pet does not need to be ever feeling alone or a child. And truthfully, there's a lot of evidence we really don't cross by ourselves. I mean, my own father, um, before he crossed, he had really what I believe could be considered an NDE in in a sense after he fell because the paramedic had said to one of my siblings that they'd never seen anyone so far gone and to come back as a paramedic in his personal experience. And my father at the time was shouting, Mom, Pops, like they were in the room with him because they were. But he did not transition that day. He transitioned another day. And that was in the future. I wasn't there. I was not. I had to travel when it was his time to transition a couple months later. And I. that was amazing, too. Not necessarily related to nonlinear time. But he saw something. He opened his eyes at his moment of death. He looked at us. And he had been out seemingly unconscious, although I was talking to him anyway after I arrived at his hospital bed or he was technically in hospice. And I, we witnessed this, more than one of us witnessed this in the room. Um, He saw something. He looked up. He looked at my mother, and he kind of looked around at, at us very, very quickly. Then he looked up, and he was fully engaged with something he was seeing that I would have believe was absolutely beautiful looking in his eyes something that engaged him like what is that what is that I believe it was some kind of sacred geometry at this point I don't think it didn't look like his parents were there he'd already gone through that phase and I believe there could be phases 
he was seeing something physical, something, um, a gateway, a bridge, a light tunnel, something like that. And I'll never forget it. It was as clear as day. He saw something. And it was really amazing his eyes opened to begin with like that. The live show is about to end. Um, I want to thank those of you who have been listening live. Um, and FrontierBeyondFear.com is the page for this broadcast. And I see, thank you, Blog Talk Radio has been featuring the show in the top number one slot under live and upcoming shows the entire time it's been on. And I hope that this um, content has not disappointed because I think that it really is special and something that is uniquely a topic I have come to know and have shared. Now I am speaking as we are close to those of you who have been listening to the podcast or will be listening in the future. How many times do I speak to everyone across time? That's another way to think about nonlinear time is it is a presence. It is a presence across time. In fact, I'm going to read my statement again, if I can find it. I think I took it down now. i got to find it again because it's so profound that I wrote some years ago. It has a lot in it, and I think it's worthy. If I can find it, there it is. Um, it's worthy of reading again. In the forest just now, a bit late, choosing to stay in the shade, I have much to do. Still I am here where I choose to be in this moment and also with you. I'm going to stop for a minute. Do you see the notion of presence? Presence across space and across time. It is a way of thinking about a framework, a conceptual framework of how you can think about presence. Close your eyes wherever you are, whenever you are, across space, across time. Breathe. Feel the gentle breeze on your skin. Hear the songs being sung in the branches above, ferns at your feet, expanding outwards in grace. An eagle was singing just moments ago. This is my beautiful Oregon. It feels entirely like heaven to me. Right now, in this moment, this now, across time, it is 11-11, randomly, in quotes, now, because I knew that was a synchronicity. That was from July 7th, 2015, something I needed to hear yesterday, and I'm sharing with all of you today and wherever you are listening across space, 
across time, across the world. I will mention one more concept which I have explored in other programs having to do with life beyond this earth, not just the other side, but extraterrestrial life. A spiritually aware species, a truly advanced species, would be able, maybe, in fact, not just maybe, because they are spiritually advanced, very consciously across space, across time. So often we are told to think about extraterrestrial life within materialistic boxes, focusing only on the material aspects of the world. Though what those are, I'm not really sure, since we are actually all energy, but we'll leave that aside for now. What may appear to be the material world around us. And many are stuck because it breaks their paradigm to think about things in a spiritual way or to even look for legitimate proof and research the non-material aspects of the world. So we have heard it said that it would be impossible for some species far away or who lived long ago to ever have any contact with us. Well, that totally dismisses the notion of our consciousness across space, across time, or omnipresence, how we're all a part of the same essence of being. It's all about your conceptual framework. So distance wouldn't matter. Time itself would not matter. Even the word matter wouldn't matter. (laughs) There is so much more that we can speculate upon and theorize about and truly open ourselves into remarkable possibilities, especially when our framework includes an omnipresent, loving, divine. Instead of resisting this notion of spirituality and trying to find all these ways to explain any anomalies, which is where the simulation hypothesis would come into play, that if anything didn't fit, well, then we must be in some material simulation. Why are people so afraid to explore spirituality? Well, it's probably because we've heard a lot of different views of it and some really scary things and all kinds of reasons why. And why, probably the hardest thing is why do so many difficult things happen on the earth? 
if there is a spiritual reality that it would um it it's from our conscience we protest that's the big question of empathy we can ask and as I've said before the only answer one could think of is free choice is that we are not puppets on a string here on the earth but it does not mean that the omnipresent is unloving it's just that we are not puppets on a string we are freely exploring untethered so to speak to our knowledge our fuller knowledge of the divine, which we would have on the other side. And in a way, the simulation theory has some truth in the sense that we are having an exercise here, a soul growth exercise. It's much deeper than what one might call a simulation because it's changing us. It's changing everything around us. It's changing the Akash. We are creators. We are adventurers. We are climbing Mount Everest here on this planet. I'm going to close the show with a few words from William Blake, which I've also read before, but as those of you know, I enjoy rereading poetic passages, and that's how we remember them more. This is William Blake auguries of innocence just the first few lines he lived between 1757 and 1827 was known for his mysticism to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Time here on Earth, or even in our galaxy and in our universe, can seem either very fleeting or very long. And yet, even when we think of it as a very long time, things do come to an end. The, your life, the Earth, or as a human being, um, the Earth's life will not, the Earth is, is not going to be here as it is forever. And what Blake was referring to also relates to something that happened to me as part of my own awakening, one of, um, you know, so-called one with the universe type experience. For me, there was a lot that had to do with time. And there's much more to explore than I can talk about in one show. It can happen in an instant. In an instant. All of the Earth's history is an instant. Or it can seem like a very long time. Non-linear time. Even thinking about linear time within a larger framework, it all has to do with your conceptual framework, how you view where you are, when you are, and who you are. There will be much more to explore in future weeks, 
and in other work. By the way, I've recently updated another site of mine called lightedbridge.com, and it has a bit more of my own history and some things that I'm exploring, and I'll be continuing to expand that. Um, It's just the two words, lightedbridge.com. And the the website for this show, which you can also reach from the Lighted Bridge site, is frontierbeyondfear.com. And I am opening up now to more um, interview requests that may arise in the future and some new possibilities as we head into the fall because clearly I'm being guided that way and there have been affirmations that were very synchronistic supporting that. And in many ways, the times themselves are leading me to deepen my exploration and really think about, you know, what is it that I am led to do? And I have, like many of you, what I like to call my day work, other work that I do, and it's within the spiritual community. And that can certainly coexist with some more personal work as well, exploring topics such as these. So thank you again for being here. And I should be here next week. This show airs live on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And um, this show today, I had 45 minutes live. I could have made it an hour, I see, because I'm almost to the hour. I never know how long I'm going to talk when it's just me talking. And there's a long history in this show of doing interviews as well. And okay, fine, I'll get it to an hour. I had a wonderful discovery um, over the past week. Also affirming my path is um, when I was searching for my name, and I was actually kind of looking for something else, and all these other things were appearing. Um, Not only did the MIT link show up, which referenced my work in the computer science world, um, but It showed up on Irvin Laszlo's page on the Inner Tradition site. And so I went over there, and oh my goodness, my heart was touched to see that among only 10 total what they called related links of all the interviews he's done in all these years, they listed the interview that I did with Irvin Laszlo on the Frontier Beyond Fear show. And you can find it yourself if you like. Um, I used to highlight it myself on the page. It was really a beautiful time and very free-flowing and from the heart. Um, Very personal and not eclectic in the least, as I recall. Very approachable. It was amazing. And he um, is amazing Um, and um, very prominent, having been nominated for the Nobel Prize. And he has a lot of things to say about spirituality and has throughout his life. And I was so touched to see that they chose to list this program there. So more affirmations from the universe. I hope your work, in whatever way that you feel guided in your heart to go, look for affirmations of that path. And you will find them. So, take care, everyone. I will see you next time. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.